Hey guys, welcome back to Beer Buddies. Uh, we have a Great Notion Spotlight episode for you today, um, which is one of our favorite breweries that are up in Portland, and I mean favorite of all time, probably certainly my top three best breweries I've ever been to. I'll go ahead and just kind of lay out how biased of an opinion I have about um, how good this brewery is, which is a little bit different than the typical brewery spotlight episode. Oftentimes we find a brewery we've maybe been to a couple times or we've never even been to and we mm -hmm. go to the brewery. We usually pick three crowlers, bring them back, drink them and kind of talk about the overall experience. When's the last time we've actually done that? Though? Um, <laughs> it's been quite a while. Well, so the kilowatt episode was pretty close. I did yeah. bring back three crowlers. Oh, that's right. You did. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. You bring okay. back three crawlers. Uh, the hmm. uh, crap there in like the Lodi area. We just high water. High water. High, yep, that was great. That was close. We did three three crawlers there. We, I mean, we kind of do bend the rules a little bit. You know, the beer buddies. You know, code of ethics, if you will, how we do our segments. It's like the pirates' code, right? It's like mm -hmm. they're just guidelines. Like it is what we say. It is. Damn it! You'll listen. <laughs> um, but this one's also very different in the sense that uh, a friend of mine went to Portland, said, hey, if I, is there a brewery that if I didn't go, you'd say I missed out? That's a great notion. And she brought home a mixed four-pack for us. And so, Which is awesome. We want to give awesome. her a shout-out real quick? Uh, yeah, and my friend Nancy Hamaker, we love her. She's amazing. Thanks, um, Nancy. Thank, yeah. <laughs> thank you, Nancy. Um, well, what about... Yeah, and some of these beers, you know, as much as we get a lot of... Um, beer that's distroed. I don't. It's there's so much beer that I don't know what mm -hmm. in this four pack is in fact distroed and what's not. Like emphatically, but yeah. Looking at these beers, there's a lot of beers I haven't seen down here and I have looked through stuff. So I feel like there's probably some distroed beers. There's probably some not stuff you can't get locally. But yeah, there's a lot of great notion in general to try in this area specifically. Mm -hmm. But um, so check this out. When when you and I went to Portland for our one of our beer trips, we mm -hmm. were looking for sours, and we went to Great Notion, specifically looking for sour beers. And I think that's all we tried while we were there. We didn't try the IPAs or the stouts. We tried it a little bit. Did of we? Mix. we? I don't tried remember it a little well. bit more. Yeah. The thing that I remember most about Great Notion is that we went there at the end of the day when our palates <clears> were absolutely fried. And typically, as you go later in the day, it's harder and harder to really taste how great the beer is. Yeah. And we were both completely wowed to the point where Great Notion is certainly one of the two or three best breweries I've ever been to. But that was also our most uh, ambitious beer trip. I think we went 87 and 9. Yeah. So 87 uh, tasters and 9 breweries. And that, that Great Notion was the last one. It was number 9. So I think we are about 70, 75 when we walked in the door. Yeah. After eight breweries, yeah, <laughs> like we rallied midday. We had to get a, a Red Bull and rally. Like it was yeah. uh, a so long day for for a great notion to impress us this much um, after that long of a day. I mean, that's that's really a, that's a flex. On uh, props to Great Notion, but also yeah. we hadn't tried a lot of this stuff until very recently. Um, great Notion started distroing down here in Sacramento. It's true. I think they actually have a distribution hub in uh, Sac somewhere now. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So we we may be getting more distribution that you would normally only see like in the Portland area or even at the brewery just because of that. So I think we're getting a little spoiled. Yeah. But still, I think Nancy might have brought some stuff. I've never seen these before. Uh, it is common in those small breweries like that to, to only have can releases at the brewery. Yeah, agreed. And oftentimes you and I get really excited because those are usually some of the best ones. Yeah, it's true. So, uh, so let's pour some beer and keep talking. Um, 
We're going to start oh. right out the gate with an IPA. So you guys will see in the mixed four pack why we chose to do it this way pretty quick. But uh, yeah, we're starting out with a single IPA at 7.1% alcohol. It is called Moment of Clarity. I uh, love the can art. It's got a brain floating above a body that is, is wearing that? a white dress shirt, a red bow tie, and a ah, lab coat. Looks oh. like uh, Bill Nye, kind of, with brown yeah. hands. <laughs> um, in, in, the, in a pine forest. In a pine forest, yeah. Dude, I love the can art from Great Notion. It's always so cool. And that's something I don't think a lot of the sack brewers do much of anymore. Um, oh, we, we used to have a lot of really awesome can art down here. Uh, but, I mean, if you put it up against Great Notion, I don't think anyone in SAC has the, the same level of Whew. artisticness. Uh, you smelling it? Yeah. So I'm going to leave a little bit in the can just because, mm. admittedly, there's four packs. I'm sitting in my fridge for a minute, so there is going to be a little bit of sediment. So I'd like to leave a little bit of the sediment in the bottom. Mm-hmm. But uh, Ooh, That smells l- good. Moment of Clarity is a, currently a little bit cloudy, but, man... For being in my fridge for as long as it has been, for the aromatics to be as strong is pretty impressive. It's got like a, like, I know this is going to be totally wrong because we just ate uh, salsa chicken that was delicious, but I almost get like a really tart lemon, a little bit of a berry muffin smell in the back end. Mm. This was brewed in collaboration with Cerebral Brewing. I don't know anything about that. <sighs> but, um, great. Not just, not just a hoppy aromatic, it's a very fruity very fruit forward citrus fruit forward aromatic mm. this is very different cheers oh usually we, we ping out or max out the mics on our cheers and that was good <laughs> a little bit of earth on a little bit of spicy citrus I think there's Amarillo in this beer it's close to Simcoe but I don't think it's Simcoe well Jordan would know Jordan would know it, 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 and it very well could be, but hmm. but it's either a very subtle use of Simcoe or it's a hop that's closely related. It doesn't, you know, I, my palace was very sensitive to that, so. I could see Amarillo in here. Because the orange, that orange blossom, mm-hmm. maybe that's what I was picking up on. It's not necessarily like a berry muffin. It's more like an orange blossom, mm. sweeter citrus. It's nice. I like that one. But there is like this, in the malt, there is like a little bit of a... Um, earthiness to it mm-hmm. on the back end maybe it's not the malt maybe it's just something in, some combination of malt yeast whatever's going on yeah so great notion in addition to the wonderful beer they have they also have mm. an app really uh huh they have a great notion app and a lot of things they drive a lot of purchases through the app direct to consumer purchases in the app so you have to pre-order in the app or there's certain beers you can't get at the brewery um, they also have a beer mm. subscription okay it's a monthly beer subscription um, where so they pretty much release three new beers every Saturday. Okay, that's sort of what I've gathered. And if you enroll in their subscription service once a month, so about four weeks per month, right? Four Saturdays per month on average. That means there's about twelve beers per month coming out. They will send you a mixed twelve pack, one of each beer. Oh wow! Once a month, and it's like. $80 a month to do that. I mean, if that's that's a decent craft beer budget for someone every month if you have, you know, for good beer, but I don't know if for 80 bucks for a, is it a 12 pack? 12 pack. Yeah, I'd rather not. So, pretty much <laughs> what that means is you're basically spending 20, oh, $20 man. per four pack and $20 shipping. Yeah, but that's still, I mean, 
It's That's... right around there. It, I don't if it's lower, it's not lower than seventy five. It might be a little bit higher too. It might be like ninety, but it, it's it's pricey. That's a lot. But it's, it's um, I can't talk exclusivity because some of the beers you can't get. It's true. Unless you do that. Okay. Well, that's okay. Or unless you have a really cool friend that works there. Unless, well, so it's not that in, there's certain beers you can't get unless you order on the app mm-hmm. or you live in the area. I'm sure they do four packs of these beers, but they do a mixed 12 pack. So for us, most of these beers, most of the beers in that 12 pack, we can't get down here. No, um, probably not. And... Yeah, but it's still cool. So if you were looking to really, you know, some people don't love beer just as much as we do and have the money to feel like mm-hmm. let's spend. And if you live in the Portland area, I'm sure that's pretty cool. If you live in the Portland cool. area, you know, go go try these beers for sure. Mm-hmm. Oh man, I think yeah. So, so we're we're really excited about this single IPA. Mm-hmm. The next one in the list is it a double? It's a double, which I'm going to assume is going to be even more aromatic than this one. So I'm kind of excited right now. This is going to be cool. Yeah. Um, this one is not a collab. Um, the next one would be not a collab. Everything good? We're good. You're going to have to say that again, though. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this next beer, the next one is not a collab, the double IPA. Um, you have QR codes leading you to the app and to their social media on the can, which is cool. Um, and yeah, they really guys, have a lot of things dialed. But they also tell you on some of these, they tell you like at least the tardiels I've seen in distro here in Sacramento. Um, they'll tell you the fruits they use. They'll tell you if they use like an adjunct, like like graham cracker or vanilla or something like that. On oh, the cool. can. Like they're pretty descriptive. That's one of the reasons why I like grabbing them here and there, uh, here in Sacramento. Yeah, I haven't seen any ingredients on these first two cans, so we'll see if uh, if the other two have any ingredients, but. There's definitely an attention to detail with this brewery that is not present in most breweries. Yeah. Um, so where does Great Notion rank for you as far as, you know, they're definitely in both of like top five breweries all time that, that we've been to. Yeah. Um, where does it sort of rank in that top five? I'm going to say mid-pack probably, lower to mid-pack. Three or four. Okay. Uh, and that's just because I'm not a huge sour drinker, but they mm. also make tart ales, which are like light sours. And usually if I buy one of the Great Notion tart ales, it's a great time. Like they have amazing fruit combinations. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's it's very crushable for sours. Yeah. I know that we had a disagreement on our Portland trip that you thought the best sour place was, um, what was the other one we went to that was really intense? Oh, Cascade. Cascade. Well, they are probably the sour kings of the West Coast. Um, but that's for like those are real sours. Like those are big boy sours. They're they're very well made, uh, very very specific, very artistic. These are like um, the Great Notion. They make sours like that. It's very few and far between though. Um, they're very diverse in what they make. Mm-hmm. And I, I like their IPAs. I like their stouts. Um, they actually had a uh, like some sort of uh, pie stout recently. I can't remember what it was. Oh no, it was like a. It's called Flapjacks. I think it was called Flapjacks. My memory's really bad. But it was basically uh, maple sugar and, like, pancake-inspired stout. It was oh, cool. amazing. So I, that's the one I left on my coffee table. I think you smelled it one day when you came over. Oh, I yeah, probably yeah. smelled like pancakes. Yeah. yeah. Um, um, that's I would put them three or four, definitely. They are in the top five, but, like, probably mid-pack, three or four, depending on, like, you want to compare So what are the two or three that are ahead of them? Probably, like, track seven, I would say, if you're talking mm. about a, a 
beer experience. You know, Track 7 also is very diverse. Um, pound for pound, I think the sours they make are a little bit better. Their stouts are a little bit better. Mm-hmm. Um, IPAs, I would put Great Notion and Track 7 very close on IPAs yeah. and then up with the Urban Roots on some of their IPAs as well. Like they're kind of all in a similar yeah. region, right? So that's what I'm saying. Like, um, I think Moonraker's still up there for me. Like, uh, top five all time? Yes, even though they're very pricey now. Um, some of my favorite beers are still Moonraker beers that I find once in a while. Oh, cool. So I, I think Great Notion, though, swings in with um, some of the top sack beers that we've had. Yeah, and I then, would definitely put, I think Great Notion's, I, I put them three or four. I go back between them mm-hmm. and Track 7, and uh, so Kilowatt's my number one still. But yeah. between Surly, Track 7, and Great Notion, those are the three that I kind of ref- rotate between. Depending. You've been to Surly. Mm-hmm. You've actually been there. We've only had a couple beers here that we found. But you went there and you did pairing, right? Yeah. So how was... I think we've talked about that before, but that was pretty incredible, So Surly... Right? Surly, the, my only complaint with Surly is that they have... When I was there, they had two preset flight options, and that was it. So you could do flight one or flight two, and they have this mm. massive board, so there's no, like, building your own flight. It's kind of a bummer. Kind of a bummer. Um, and then the staff that was working the day I went was incredibly knowledgeable, and one of the guys I was asking a lot of questions and he said hey just level with me like how much of a beer nerd are you and I said probably more than most people you serve so mm-hmm. um, like we're starting to like tell him about like what we knew about yeast and grain and ingredients and like brewing process and mm-hmm. understanding and I'll drink most styles and I'm really into pairings and he said oh cool I was waiting to hear you say that because um, if you'll let me um, if you pick an appetizer, an entree, and a dessert, I will pour pints that go with each of your courses. Mm-hmm. I said, run it. <clears throat> Let's do it. And um, he nailed the pairings. Just completely nailed the oh, pairings. Right it was on. some of the best. It was good food. It was some of the best pairing stuff like I've ever had. Like It was so good. Was that before you came back for your birthday, we did the donut pairing that you put together? Was that the same summer? It was well before that. Okay. This is your first round of the tour of the country, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Okay. So that's, I, I think I noticed after you came back from that, though, that you, st- you, you started getting into pairing a little bit, bit more. Than we yeah, had I, was always, I was always really passionate about it. There were a couple moments that really changed that, like just at breweries. I've had a handful of, well, not a handful. I've had two or three experiences at breweries while I was traveling where they'd say, hey, if you order a three-course thing, we'll do pints with each one and kind of show you what we can do and I'm like mm. yep let's do it and if someone ever asks or says that to you just pay the money and do it it's a pricey meal but some of the best experiences I've, I've had have been that oh for sure where order an appetizer and that's where like if you do it right you can have three pints that are sort of in a flight order mm-hmm. and then they also go with your food so like your whole meal turns into this like beginning to end kind of journey which is you know, very much over the top. You don't need to do that to have a good time. But also, that in itself is a very good time as well. Yeah. Um, but yeah, in any case, so that those are the four that I kind of waffle around with. Um, Moonrakers are definitely a great a great choice. Um, admittedly, their price points kind of pushed me away. But mm-hmm. all of that is just to say, Great Notion is in that conversation the mm-hmm. way most breweries are not. Yeah. So there's really four or five breweries that we can throw out for each of us that really have a claim to that top five of 
what we've been to. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, Pizza Port, number five. Yeah. <laughs> we uh, we uh, proved that again because we just went there and it was still great. Uh, yeah. And, oh, man. Um, but yeah, Great Notion's definitely towards the top of that. Um, you know, even when we grade the brewer at the end, just anticipate a very high grade because mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but every brewery has its pros and cons. So uh, is there anything about Great Notion that when we were there or about the distro thing where you're like, hey, I wish it was this? Like, I wish this was different. Or are they killing Like, I'm sure you're not going to give them 100 by the end of the episode. So what is, what is something that you kind of look at and go, hmm? You know, as far as the cans go and what I've seen down here, they make a lot of IPAs, and I think that's kind of... Um, I'm not going to say a trap, but it's kind of like the low-hanging fruit in the region, or at least on the West Coast. If you're distributing, you're probably going to be distributing a um, IPA. So I see a lot of IPAs from Great Notion. I see a lot of Tardales. I see very few Stouts. Um, they do kind of have a lot of variation in the style, so there's, there's a lot of overlap and movement. Like They don't make a, a porter that I've seen, but I could see that some of their stouts, like pastry stouts, are a little bit sweeter, a little bit lighter. You know, so like tiptoes closer to that mm. area, or like some of these hazies are like not really hazy, more like maybe a pale ale. But again, it goes to Brewer's Intent. I think that they, they sit with like two or three major groups, and I would like to see a little bit more diversification, okay. which sounds funny because... They make so many beers that all taste different for the most part, and they're all good, if that makes sense. Sure. Like, a lot of breweries do, do this thing where they have different IPAs, and they are all kind of similar. Well, so, right? you know, I hear, I'll come at it from a different angle of, they, if you look at the number of boxes they check in relation to the number of styles, mm-hmm. they're probably checking fewer boxes, but they do a good enough job within the few boxes they check of creating a wide variety within the style, Yeah. which is more of like a micro variety mm-hmm. versus like a macro variety, where like, we haven't seen like a Great Notion Red Ale, or a Great yeah. Notion Saison, or, you know, like... Blood orange or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, similar to how, um, like American River. We talk about American River all the time. They didn't have a lot of variation within the styles, but they hit like every style. Every style. So. Like textbook. Like, yeah. If you want it, like, if you honestly, that's what makes me so sad that they went out of business. Like that's the brewery that if you were gonna get someone into beer, that's the brewery I would take them to, hmm. because every single beer they made was good and it was textbook for that style. So if someone's like, you know, I'm interested in red ales, go to American River. I'm interested in Hef, go to American River. I'm interested in like, yeah. there isn't a, like a style you could name. Mm-hmm. American Wheat Ale. They had stouts, yeah. porters, lagers, Kolsch. Mm-hmm. Uh, they had a good Kolsch. Yep. All the everything. Um, so yeah, I know, and what you're saying makes sense. But everything they make, like I've never had a bad Great Notion beer. Yeah. And you know, you've talked about it. You've had a bad Track Seven beer. Mm-hmm. You know, like I do feel bad that as much as we like Track Seven, it's the only beer I've ever given back after I bought it. Uh, that's yeah. It tasted better after we let it age for a month. How much better? You didn't give it back to me. No. I gave it a second chance, but did you try it the first time when it was fresh? No. I, well, okay. yes. I, well, I tried it in cans when it was fresh. You tried okay. it on draft when it was fresh, so I yeah. do wonder if maybe there's a difference to be had there. But Maybe, yeah. Um, it, that was that marshmallow golden stout that was like had no sweetness at all. So mm. it was like, um, you know how cinnamon, like a lot of people are like, oh, I love cinnamon. Like, no, you like cinnamon rolls. Straight cinnamon's like really bitter and not, not good. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like that's kind of how this, this beer was. And it totally threw me off because it was like, like, like a, a cinnamon snore. roll without the icing. Uh-huh. It's not, not good. 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. in any case, I've never, like, if if someone, there are a few breweries that are like, I have a great beer I'm going to show you. Like, oh, well, what is it? And they go, I don't really remember, but it was by this brewery. There are very few breweries where I have zero questions. Yeah. Agreed. Um, so if they were like, oh, it's a great notion beer. Like, oh, shoot, bring it over. You know, mm-hmm. like, let's, let's try it. It's because... Yeah. Cool vibe. They had food there, too. We didn't really try much of the food, did we? Uh, we had the hummus, which was a very common theme for that day. But <laughs> yeah, like four hummus plates. <laughs> at least four. Oh, gosh. Probably oh, more. Like, we went to nine breweries. And we were... That trip was very successful in the sense of... So Chris and I, I'd, I'd say we'd cap our traveling beer journeys. Don't drink this as I'm pouring it. Um, uh, Ooh, that's thick. We, I'd cap our, like... It, like official beer journeys at four we had the beginner one in san francisco where we were kind of figuring out what we wanted to do that was fun though that was like spur of the moment we didn't even plan that one really and then uh the other one was a little bit just so we minimize sediment looks pretty good this is Um, is thick i like um, the color too it's like a nice Almost like an orange cream, like a light orange yeah. color to it. And we did San Diego, mm. where we did well, Pizza Port, Kilowatt, Helms, Culture, Belching Beaver, Green Flash, Ballast Points, Carl uh, Strauss. Carl Strauss. There's eight breweries. Yeah. And then I think Portland was nine. Mm-hmm. And then I said, next time we do this, we should bump it up to ten, which is a lot. Ten and uh, ten. Ten and t- Ten, yeah, ten and average of ten and ten. Uh, mm-hmm. So ten breweries and hundred samples is sort of where I, I see those trips kind of peaking because yes. nine and eighty-seven was a lot. But um, the Portland trip specifically, oh, and then we did San Diego a second time, but it was really Pizza Port twice for lunch <laughs> and dinner. Yeah, and, and capped by Pizza Port and. Uh, <laughs> Uh, uh, running the table at Kilowatt where we each did a sample of everything. And um, we got extra shit. And, and we got, we got custom shit. blended shit. Yeah. Uh, oh, man. Those guys were happy to probably see Probably my best brewery experience ever was that that Kilowatt experience. Really? Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah, like, that was dope. Drinking the board, chilling all day, getting custom blended stuff, getting free flights. Both of the, the beer... I don't want to call them bartenders, but they're, you know, the servers, the guys that were there were really cool. Really cool. Really, really nice. Great. Yep. Great and super knowledgeable. Oh, um, yeah. Probably, I think, pound for pound, the best brewery experience I've well, ever had. you've been getting into the Belgian style, or the... the not the Belgian style, but the, the Hefs lately. Mm-hmm. A little more. They just happen to have a Belgian. Was it a Belgian wit, or was it a Belgian half? What was it? How do they describe it on their board? Because that was the one that won the award, right? It was like second place or something like that in Belgium. I it was just a Belgian. Just like a Belgian, Belgian ale? That's okay. what I thought. Um, but... That was a good time to go. Yeah, but there have been a variety of issues that Chris and I have realized about um, trips because, you know, sometimes we'll get there like 10 in the morning and then we kill time oh. for a little bit and then... The like, Portland, we showed up. The first brewery wasn't even doing tours. Uh, like they <laughs> like, advertised oh, online. Yeah. Um, but both trips, we got there a little early. Uh, and Like San Diego, we walked around the beach for a little bit waiting for Pizza Port to open. Yeah, it was uh, cool, though. And so the thing that went really well for the Portland trip was that we were ordering small plates at most breweries. And mostly hummus. Mostly hummus because that was... That's what they fucking had. That's what they had, yeah. <laughs> that's, that's it. 
<laughs> we got pumice at at least five or six breweries because you get so full from drinking all the beer that you don't feel like you can eat. But at some point you go, man, we really should be eating, but I'm also not hungry. And so it's just light enough because it's vegetables. Yeah, it's you know vegetables I mean? and garbage. Yeah, it's, I guess the hummus yeah, is also good vegetables. So it's just a matter. And then if you eat a little bit of bread that comes with it, you're at least putting some kind of carb in. Mm-hmm. And the only thing we realized halfway through the day is we needed um, caffeine. And we needed to go to the gas station, get some Red Bulls, and like power through the back half of the day because it's a long day. Yeah. But like, Have you ever uh, tried 40 sours before lunch or before mid-afternoon? <laughs> you know, how many people have done that? And they get there and they're like, oh, man, that was, I mean, that was we, something I was worried about because we, you and I don't drink a lot of sours, and they really fill you we up. We tried 12 sours at Cascade, and they were barrel-aged sours. And so that, Big boy stuff. That, yeah. really, uh, that really toasts your palate. But in any case... They do have good food. We try when you're like, we didn't really try the food. I'm like, yeah, it's because we were really full from beer and mm-hmm. we did the hummus and. But the restaurant was cool because it had like a really cool nice vibe. ambiance and like plants and stuff. Like it was kind of nature looking and yep. low light. It was a really cool, like a dinner place. Cool, cool uh, patio vibe too. Good date night. Mm-hmm. Good, good spot to take the, like you said, the patio. Take your friends out there. Just grab a beer. Yeah, like you can. It was dope. The time we went, I felt like it provided a multitude of experiences, right? Mm-hmm. Like, you and I were sitting inside, and it didn't feel like we were out of place, and it was too romantic. You could also take a group <laughs> of friends, and you heard me. Um, but the first thing, what was the first thing that came to my mind just now when he said that? Uh, the Valentine's Day time we went to the movies? No, I, that was the day after specifically. I told you, oh, we're not going uh, together on Valentine's Day. Jordan and I uh, used to do the, the meal for two. We'd split it at uh, Studio Movie Girl. So we'd, we'd go together and split the date meal. Mm-hmm. It was cheaper, but I told them specifically we're not going on Valentine's Day, so we went on February 15th to see the movie. <laughs> Even though it actually worked better with our schedule to see it on Valentine's Day, Chris refused. Yeah. Like, uh, no, 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 I'm not. On Valentine's Day, we'll do the meal for two. <laughs> uh, yeah. Happy Valentine's Day. Uh, Sorry, Dad. And then you can... <laughs> Uh, then you could also take a group of friends, sit on the patio, and just chill, have a good time. You could also take a date, right? Like yeah. At, so you could take a date to dinner, mm-hmm. or you can take a very casual date out to the patio and just hang out. It's true, right? It's true. Uh, let's jump in this double IPA. Ooh, smell it. Not as aromatic as the first. Um, it's not, but it's very much thicker. Very much thicker. Cheers. Have to drink quarts. Yeah. Bad luck. I would say this one's a little bit more mellow. A little bit more mellow. It's got that bitter right up front. Just, I can taste like around my tongue, but not, not like a non-distinct bitter bite. Uh, what's this one called, actually? They don't even think I talked about oh, it. Oh, you didn't even talk about the can art either. All Full right. grown. It's a, it just says double IPA, but it is a double hazy. And it's got dogs playing poker? Uh, dogs playing the... cards. Mm. And they're betting... Uh, looks like they're betting bones and leaves, and there's a tennis ball on the table. Nice. Those are valuable. And maybe those are hops. I don't know. It's kind of hard to tell. But in any case, cool, cool can art. Yeah. Um, if you had to guess, what kind of hops are in this double IPA, Chris? I'm not good at this game. So I keep playing with the mic because. I'm trying to make sure that you can hear you. It's we're getting a little quiet because we're moving the mics away from us. Mine stayed in the same spot. Well, no, you were moving your body in and out. Uh, so I, I moved my mic away so we have a similar experience. Because no, you're too loud. 
Well, I'm I'm too close to it, so I'm trying to like. Uh, I don't want to be. That's just a fancy way of saying you're too loud. No, my mine's. Uh, you changed your volume bit. based on your relationship. No, look, mine's to down the... a little bit. Actually, oh. my thing. And uh-huh. sorry, guys, we're we're. Um, uh-huh. I'm just deflecting because I have no idea what the hops are in this. I have a bunch of new toys out here. We got high tech. We're like. Actually I think there's some century. galaxy in this. Hold on. Okay, now back to business. Mm-hmm. Okay. I think there's there's I think it's not strictly American and it's not strict strictly Australian. I think there's a mix. I'm willing. I'm maybe I'm way off. I could be wrong. I don't know about Galaxy. Okay, I had a second Maybe guess. Big secret. Ah, that was my second guess. Hey, <laughs> high five. <laughs> That's what I was gonna say. So, Galaxy usually isn't isn't as fruity. It's a little bit more of that grassy flavor. Big secret is usually a little bit more like when you say Australian hops Agreed. have like more of a fruit like. It was also kind of sitting in my fridge, so I wasn't sure if the grassy faded. <sighs> that's where it gets tricky. Maybe that's that bitterness that's in there that we can't really put our finger on. Um, and then I felt like there's hmm. I thought Galaxy Citra and one other that I can't name. Those are my guesses. I don't like, taste like mosaic. CTZ or something. Maybe Amarillo again. I mean, on the nose, it has a very similar, very sweet citrus blossom smell. If you smell really close to the beer we just had. Mm, so you, are, uh, it might be dry hop with Amarillo, or maybe Cent- so CTZ. Another like variation of that would be Centennial. Mm-hmm. Maybe there's that. I don't know. It's hard to know. Chinook's a little more earthy, right? If I say Chinook, it's not really, really. Um, but certainly one one application for it. This is very. The fruit. I want to say Vic Secrets in this. There's a fruit in here that's really um, firm, like it's it's dug its heels in almost, like like there's some sort of fruity quality to these yeah. hops that are, that are in here and you can tell that even if this beer does age for a bit longer and the, the aromatics go away it's still going to be there yeah so um, if I may I think there's some interesting points to make about hazies mm-hmm. um, so first and foremost hazies uh, it's not a matter of unfiltered versus filtered uh, it's really more of a matter of like um, like the beer clarity can be you know it's more of a matter of like we clarified it or we or we didn't, right? At least on mm-hmm. the homebrew level. Um, you added particulate to it. Or you add something to it to help yeah. clear it up. Or even the process. So like um, like certain components, like when you're brewing, and this is all at the homebrew level, right? So if you're listening, you're like, I went to the Sierra Nevada tour. They didn't say anything about it. Well, that's commercial brewing. But yeah. uh, at least at the homebrew level, some interesting things to kind of note is uh, yeast... It does this thing called, it has a flocculation rate, which is just a fancy way of saying how likely it is to sink to the bottom at the end of fermentation. Hmm. And so when beer, when yeast has a high flocculation rate, it sinks to the bottom, right? Which is mm-hmm. often signaling that the yeast is dormant. The cells have converted the sugars into alcohol and the yeast doesn't is not active anymore. And then you can... 
when the yeast is settling on the bottom is helping to maximize your clarity. Mm. There's other things, there's other ingredients like Irish moss or other types of additives yeah, that oatmeal you, for, that you can. Uh, well, I just mean to help. Oh, um, to, help, to help clarify. Oh, not and, the other way. And then the other way that you're talking about okay. is then there's other ingredients that add haze, like like oats or. Um, yes, keep going. But yes, I think um, I think we figured it out. And so then, then another interesting thing to think about is that these beers are very like hazy IPAs specifically are very susceptible to oxidation. Mm. So they're actually harder to brew than you and I thought. You and I thought like, oh, they're just removing a step in the IPA brewing process. That's not true. Mm. Um, where so like they oxidize much more substantially because there isn't as much bittering. There's hardly any bittering in most hazies. Mm-hmm. So like in the terms of like a boil. So like oftentimes boiling for six so after you brew the beer, mm-hmm. or you've steeped your grains in the brewing process, the next step is to boil with hops. Mm. Um, and for a lot of styles, that's a sixty-minute boil. That's how long you need to boil to get the desired bitterness. But hazies are much less about bitterness. So yeah. if you boil for sixty minutes, that's where you get your bitterness from. If you boil for thirty minutes, that's typically the range where people think you get the hop flavor and then in the last 10 to 15 minutes that's where you get the hop aroma so some people claim that you don't even need to do a boil with hazies you can just while Mm. the grain is steeping at the towards the very end the beer the wort is hard hot enough to where you can throw the hops in for 10 15 minutes get some flavor and aroma out of it and call it good so like just drop in a bag like a tea bag of hops and just let it chill Mm mm-hmm mmm and for those I, listening at home, I have a very um, crooked eyebrow, skeptical face so, going on right skeptical now. Skeptical face. The same. <laughs> Wait and a so minute. I don't know enough about brewing, <laughs> like because I haven't brewed it, but I haven't brewed a hazy to yeah. like tell you like this is what the process. I know enough about the process. I know enough about the beer to make an educated guess, and mm. it tracks based on what I know about the scientific knowledge. But I like you. I'm like, huh? I'm a little skeptical. Mm. But. Interesting enough, if it takes an hour or so to get to the right boiling temp and steep your grains, and another hour to boil at the homebrew level, potentially with hazies if you don't need to boil, which tracks because the IBUs on some of these hazies is ab- like abnormally low, mm-hmm. and the chemical compound that produces the chemical compound that the IBU is measuring requires that longer boil. I'm oversimplifying, but that's mm. the general specifics of it. So if people are using shorter boils in their brewing, that explains why when we were looking at Hoppas and they brewed like a double hazy with an IBU of eight. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Something ridiculous. It's not because they didn't they didn't use hops. Yeah. It's because they didn't use the hops oh, in such a way that it produced the chemical compound that IBUs is measuring mm-hmm. from the hop. Yeah. Yeah. In well, case, because you're dealing with plants too, so anytime you have uh, plants, and we're talking about like specifically the flower, uh, like the whole thing with cryo, right? Is that it's just the pollen, which is supposed to be like mostly the flavor of the hop, right? So yeah. if you also use if you use a whole cone hop, the longer it boils down, the more of the actual leaf plant material is going to break down into your beer. And I think that's part of what the hop. Right. So that's the, the bitterness that comes pollen from. is yeah. called lupulin, right? Yeah. And so in cryo hops, they've extracted the lupulin and then cryogenically mm-hmm. froze it to where yeah. it's like a much higher concentrated version of the lupulin that was in the whole cone hop. Mm-hmm. But that's what I'm saying. It's like if you use a whole cone hop, 
the longer you brew it, the actual leaf material, the plant oh, material no, breaks no, no, down. Yes, and that's yes, yes. where the bitterness comes from. That wasn't correcting you. Yeah, no, no, yeah. I, I completely agree with your point. Jordan, I know beer stuff too. It's called Beer Buddies, not, <laughs> not Beer Jordan. <laughs> If we, had a, if we had a merch uh, line, that would be... <laughs> it would be you with a uh, lab coat on, and you're making beer, and I'm over here on the computer like a nerd. That would be, that's that's kind of what it would be like. <laughs> Two different nerds. <laughs> beer uh, buddies, not yeah. beer Jordan. Fuck you, Logan. Uh, <laughs> I love you, Miles. I was just about to thank Logan for his table set that we're using on my patio, the podcast patio. Um, however, I think we've gotten to the end of life on some of this, these chairs. So if my chair falls apart <laughs> during the, <laughs> the conversation, then we'd I be the, you'd be the second person in Growler Gang to break a chair. True. Blue Miles. <laughs> I got to fix that one over there. So yes, come over it's the one he was sitting in too. <laughs> was it? I thought that was the one Logan did. No, last time he sat right there. Logan sat here, where you're sitting. Okay. Across from me, and Miles Damn. sat over here. I love you, Miles. He's used to it. Hmm. The funniest um, one was when he broke the like the normal like folding chair and it like caved in on itself. Yeah, yeah, it was a bummer. Oh, just love your mom. He's no longer allowed to sit in my chairs. It's like Miles can't even come over and sit down. <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah, that was that doesn't was sound funny. like he's welcome over. Uh, so here's the interesting thing to kind of think about. These beers, and we'll see when we get into the third one. I'm trying to prep for the third one, because this flight puts us in a little bit of a dilemma. Yeah. Starting with an IPA at 7.1%, jumping to a, a double at 8.5%, mm-hmm. to then move to two darker beers. Yeah. But the next one's going to be substantially lighter, puts us in a bind. So, how do you feel so far about the flight? Because I do think, I'm wondering right now if um, the next beer, we'll kind of talk about this a little bit, I think, I'm going to tease it, is a really great style and a really wonderful style and has its its perks, Mm -hmm. but... But might not <laughs> stop uh, but might have some interesting considerations mm-hmm. regarding flight order that you and I haven't previously considered and so the question I'll posit when we get to the end of the third beer is are some beers mm. more suitable for flights than others and I just want you to just kind of mull over that option because Really, just the question I want you to answer, because now that I've given you the whole picture, is mm-hmm. what are the pros and cons, or what are the considerations It's oh. of starting with a 7% IAPA for your flight? I can already tell you, but I think it, we should wait a bit longer. I don't want to be hasty, but I don't think my mind's going to change. So when we get to the third beer and pause, I think you're going to agree with me. So without talking about so, the third beer specifically, yeah. just answer the question. What are what are the considerations <laughs> when, with start or what are the what are the drawbacks or the advantages depending on how you feel about starting with an IPA at 7% for your flight? Well, we're talking about not just the, you know, it's a 7 is high for a single IPA. It's it's on the higher end. That's it. Right? It's it's all intents and purposes, it's definitely yeah. in double lands. Yeah, it could be. It's brewer's intent, right? We talk about that a lot. Uh, 
the complexity though, and uh, the like the IPU, I think, um, was a bit of a jump start for it, the beginning of a flight. So if I were to start a flight, I would probably start with like a culture of blonde ale, mm-hmm. um, or maybe even a pale ale, if mm-hmm. I knew this was number two. And then number three would be fine because you're going pale ale, single double. That might be easy on the palate. Uh, but it's a lot of hoppy time, beers in a row too. But you don't want to start too light because you're jumping into the single IPA we had first. Now that's a that's a aggressive single IPA, as far as it goes. It's a lot of flavor. It's a little bit of a bitterness. It's got a lot of aromatics. It brings a lot to the table. So if you jump in with like a blonde ale and then jump to that, that might be that might be too much of a shock. Uh, you know, okay, maybe you I, I do. So I don't disagree. I think I and yes, to answer your question, I do see where you're coming from. Um, that's not what I would do if I were to change this flight. But that's what I'm saying. When we get to beer number three, we'll talk. Uh, yeah. I also want to taste beer number three. <clears throat> yeah. Um, but true or false? Starting with a blonde ale or a lager or a Kolsch would at least soften the blow. Mm-hmm. That was the shock value that we kind of are dealing with. Yes. Um, and yes. so. I agree. I don't know that if your second beer is a very aromatic, very bitter West Coast IPA at 7%, mm. uh, I think maybe like a kettle sour would be a good place to start because there would at least be a lot of flavor mm. without overshocking your palate. So, you know, something like that that's still yeah. a good transition to the IPA style or maybe like a fruited Kolsch mm-hmm. or if someone had... Certainly, like, I think a well-made lager, mm-hmm. I think, like, Fort Rock Damn Good Pilsner would also be a nice stepping stone to that. Oh, yeah. At least nicer than what we did. Now, don't get me wrong. Both of these beers are great, and we're kind of nitpicking. But to start the drinking day with this uh, moment of clarity, which is a fantastic beer. Oh, yeah. Um, it's just a bit of a... A little bit of a smack in the mouth. I yeah, I don't think either of these beers are what I would... Describe as crushable? No. But I would also drink multiple pints of both of these beers. I would take my time with both. You know, like if we were hanging out, mm-hmm. like if we had a keg of either one of these and we were just sitting there hanging. So, so uh, I have two questions for you. The first one, this double, or even the single we had first, if it showed up as like beer number two or three or even three and four in a flight of six, how would you feel? Say that one more time. Either of these beers are two Yeah, so or three. you have a flight of six beers. Mm. And then, you know, like a four-ounce sample, right? We're doing six-ounce or eight-ounce sample steaks. We're splitting pints. But uh, if you had a flight of six beers. And they're four-ounce samples. And you had a, a couple beers up front, and then you came into one of these as, like, number three or number four in the flight. Like, yeah. I'd feel, I'd feel really great. Yeah. Um, so I'd feel really great. So that's question one. I think we're both on the same page there. Okay. Because then we've had a little bit to warm up and, and get there. Mm-hmm. Number two, <clears throat> if we had a four-beer flight, like we're doing today, we're doing a four-can mm-hmm. flight, starting off with either of these two, and we have the other two beers to drink. So mm. it's four beers only. Okay. How would you change the flight? And you can replace a beer with I'd a I'd get rid of one beer. of the dark beers. You think so? Okay. Or I would that's either. What, this is my where my. I'd either at. get rid of one yeah. of the dark beers or one of these would have to go. Okay, so, that, so I, that's is one. Here's where I think three. we're gonna yeah. end. As I think we're gonna end with four really wonderful beers mm-hmm. that will appropriately represent what Great Notion does, which is like awesome. They're so oh, yeah. good. 
um, because we're asking some nitpicky questions. <laughs> and sometimes when, when I listen back to these episodes... I don't want to give any of our listeners like a, like a, a false impression. Like the no. criticism I had of High Water was legit. Like so, there was mm-hmm. a point where we were kind of bashing High Water. I did I did believe in some of those critics like that the critique that we gave. There were yeah. portions of that critique that like yes, that is a very valid consideration when thinking about High Water. Mm-hmm. Great Ocean is a fantastic brewery. This four pack was not something we picked. It was a gift from a friend that we that I personally love. But not, wonderful. not the worst four pack. It's, it's not no, it's a great four pack. Now it's a great four pack. It is awesome. But that four pack was purchased with the consideration of I'm going to buy Jordan four beers. Mm-hmm to drink mm-hmm. it wasn't purchased for a podcast segment no. it wasn't purchased with any sort of intentionality other than I'm friends with Jordan Jordan recommend this place I'm going to give Jordan four awesome beers to drink mm-hmm. um, and so it wasn't assembled with a flight mm-hmm. in mind um, but really I just think it's kind of interesting to talk about flight stuff and because you and I assemble things all the time naturally we assemble very good flight orders with very little critique of what a flight order could be mm-hmm. and so I'm kind of taking this as as an opportunity of a flight that we were or a, a four pack that we've kind of fit into the flight mold and kind of say okay great based on this four pack that we're making or were based on the four pack that we're putting into a function it wasn't ever designed for mm-hmm. what are kind of the drawbacks to kind of put some things out so i think first the big thing is uh, I feel like we started in the middle of the story. It's like when you yeah. come over for movie night with friends and they started the movie without you and you're 20 minutes into the movie and you're mm-hmm. trying to figure out what the hell's happening. Yeah, hence, hence my, my sixth flight question. But right? I think fly, that's, and so, right, the, I can yeah. already tell you, in a, based on a flight of four, we have a little bit of a problematic thing going here. <laughs> yeah. Um, in, like, the best way. Like, not in, like, a, this is a bad experience, but in, like, a, if the goal was to... And I think you're coming at it from the place I am. Like, mm-hmm. we've taken people to breweries, and people have asked us to kind of help them pick a flight. Mm-hmm. And so, like, we have a lot of experience with this, but then also, like, if we were to recommend this exact flight to someone, there are some things that we wouldn't necessarily recommend. Or at least there's some things to know. For, like, the more advanced beer drinker, this is probably fine, depending on how beer three goes. <laughs> Yes. Um, and we'll we'll get to that in a minute, and we'll talk about why beer three poses some potential issues in a flight. Mm-hmm. But also, beer three is a style I've been particularly interested in mm-hmm. as of late. Um, Which, again, it's a very it's a surprise from Great Notion. I don't know about you, but for me, I'm surprised to see it as an option. So this is really exciting. I yeah, I don't remember so. Um. I'm pretty sure we've had one other. Mm-hmm. Let me let me go grab the beer. Go, go grab it, about it, and then we'll we'll talk about it because we're I'm yeah. about to wrap up this can. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, the day that I flew back, which was the 9th of October, uh, my parents had snow. Oh, cool! <laughs> and I come back and it's 92. I'm like, oh shit, it's still summer here. <laughs> so there's this weird thing that's happening on these cans. Mm. Where on Moment of Clarity, the first can we had, mm-hmm. it says, I'm a Brainiac. Oh. And then we're, uh, it gives the date it was canned. And then this one, the second IPA we drank, uh, full grown, says, Others say it. Oh. And uh, 
This third beer we're about to drink is called Nox Illuminate. N-O-X Illuminate. And then the caption above the date reads, Hard Nox Life. Ha ha. Ha ha. Interesting. There's another... So I'll spoil a portion of the fourth can for the sake of the discussion we're having when we get there. Okay? Mm. Just so you kind of know where I'm going to head with this. So, let me finish this. The third beer, again, is Knox Illuminate. Which is a collaboration brewed with Wayfinder. Which is a brew we've been to. Nice. Okay. Um... It's one of the breweries we don't remember as much. <laughs> Unfortunately. Um, um, pretty sure we've been to Wayfinder. That's a really cool name. I think we have. Um, we went to a bunch of places in Portland, like a couple extra ones we didn't plan on because the first one... It was closed. It was closed, yeah. So and we then we, we tried to squeeze in another one to yeah. make it happen. Uh, so it's a Schwarz beer lager, which is, uh, I think, the German equivalent of like a black lager. Yeah. More or less. Uh, I'm oversimplifying, but uh, it would be like... It's a German style. If if Coors Light and Guinness had a baby, Mm -hmm. you're in the ballpark of what the style kind of does. So light-bodied, dark beer. Again, for those of you who are very into beer listening, that is not a super fair representation of the style. But those of you who have never had the style, because some of our listeners are learning about beer, I'm just trying to convey is a light-bodied, dark beer so mm-hmm. we typically we see dark beer like oh that must be thick and oftentimes you're correct well people think guinness is thick too so like a guinness light is a good way to describe it like you just said okay cool so, yeah, yeah yeah um so at I, least based on the style i don't know how this yeah. beer's gonna taste so i also want to point out we're halfway through our flight and we're at 50 minutes so you and i <laughs> we talked about this. those two ips are thick yeah they are we talked about I'm trying to go bit. through um oh well, yeah they're super strong we both each had a pint of like eight percent of beer um, board, you know, Jordan and I honestly have tried to make an effort to make the episode shorter recently. Um, ironically, the whole point of us starting the podcast is so people didn't believe we could talk about beer for two hours straight on a Sunday. Uh oh. There's an emergency near the podcast patio. Someone is backing up. Watch out. Okay, they're done backing up. They're now driving in a straight line the other way. Um,. <laughs> Yeah, anyways. So, so I finish your point. I was just saying, like, we're, we're trying to make this episode short, but we also like to talk about beer. That's the whole point of the podcast, right, was we first started on Sundays, you know, uh, bet me I can't do it. We recorded the first episode of Business as Usual. is us just talking about beer for, like, two and a half hours. So It's true. We're, we're trying to make an honest effort. We're halfway through. Um, yeah, just, there's a little bit of elbow grease and some polish as far yeah. as, you know, knowing someone else might listen to it. It's pr- the information's presented a little bit differently, mm-hmm. but before the podcast, it would be like, "Hey, Chris." So I learned about this thing with hazies, mm-hmm. where actually with the boil time, here's how they're using hops differently. And Chris yeah. would be like, "I don't think so, man." And that's how we would and kind then of we would go find a four pack. Like we'd start getting the mixed four packs, right? Uh huh. Like, all right, let's try this one. It's back when you could do a mixed four-pack at Smart Mart for 12 to 15 bucks. <laughs> and now oh. it's like 28 bucks for a mixed four-pack. Or uh, 28 bucks for a uh, four-pack of uh, juice blackberry. Oh, God. <laughs> all right, so from the aroma already, I can smell that this is a lighter body beer. I don't know how we're doing that exactly. I can't put my... my I don't know what it is about the aroma. But Coffee. 
There's some coffee in here. Well, yeah, but coffee doesn't necessarily. We've, we've smelled some thick beers that have coffee. I can't. What I'm yeah. saying, like, they probably did like a lager style. My guess is, we should probably Google this, but my guess is a short beer is being a dark lager. They might use a darker malt, specifically ones that have more like a bitter chocolate or that coffee flavor in but just a little bit. Yeah. This is like a really. Yeah. It's like almost like a porter color. And, uh, yeah, p- porter you know? color. They, this base malt is going to use like a Pilsner malt. Mm-hmm. Mostly, right? Uh huh. Um, let's just let's just jump yeah. in and taste. Lightly bittered, yeah. Well, let's see that coffee. It's in there. Almost tastes like an americano. Oh, God, that's wonderful. It is. This is funny. This is one of those few like crushable dark beer kind of things. Mm-hmm. That it's a dark beer that's really light bodied. Unbelievable! Like it's, it's like no, seriously, like, like a chocolate a, lager. If you took a if you took a Coors Light, and you dropped an ounce of black coffee in it, that's what it tastes like. Um, or are you getting a little bit more sweetness to it? I get a little bit more sweetness. I I do think the if Guinness and Coors had a baby. Um, yeah, I think I think that's a fair representation of the style. Mm-hmm. This is a light body dark beer. Yeah, um, there's a touch of complexity if you're looking for it. But it's super drinkable, and to me, this is one of the styles I've been most interested in because, you know, um, for those of you that don't know, if you've been avidly drinking beer, your palate drastically shifts over the course of the year. So, like, something Mm -hmm. that's like, um, you know, you'll find, even if you're buying just commercial beer, right? Like, Sierra Nevada tastes really good over the summer. Maybe it's Otrevis, right? Like, you're like, Mm. oh, I'm really, really into this beer. You get to September, like ah, I'm kind of burnt out on it. You might be, depending on how much you drink, mm-hmm. but you also might have your palate shifting to more of like an Oktoberfest, like a Samuel Adams mm-hmm. Oktoberfest kind of style. Yeah. And you'll notice that right now, um, the barrel aged porter and the narwhal are on shelves when they weren't over the summer. Yes, it's probably for a reason. Right? As your palate changes, you're going to want something different. Oh, if you ever see a bottle of coconut narwhal, please oh, pick it up. Oh, the barrel aged one? The barrel aged coconut oh. narwhal. Whoo! is one of the best dark beers I've ever had. It's amazing. Um, the regular narwhal is not so bad. That's pretty great. I do like that a lot. This is, so this is wonderful. Going back to, the, I didn't finish the point I was hoping to mm-hmm. make. Um, inevitably, sometime, there was one winter where you and I had a bad time drinking beer. Because you were really, really into IPAs, mm-hmm. and I was in a stout season. Mm-hmm. And then in the spring, you you hit, like, it was like Groundhog Day. You hit stout season late. Mm-hmm. I was switching to IPAs, and it was like six months where we had to, like, negotiate <laughs> our beer purchases. But I, well, to, to defend myself... Hazies are popular in the winter. Also. Oh, it's true. So, it's true. I'm not saying you were wrong. I'm I, just saying our palates were in two very <laughs> different places. Yeah. Th- and when you split everything, because, um, you know, the and really, I think the, the reason we have a Beer Buddies podcast mm-hmm. is because you and I decided we wanted to try a lot more beer. And we figured out, like, hey, let's go get a mixed four-pack and let's split everything mm-hmm. so we can try more beers. And that yeah. way we could kind of create our own flights without having to go to the brewery all the time like mm-hmm. on the way home like hey i'm gonna pick up a mixed four pack you come over when you're done with your homework mm-hmm. and then like okay here's what we're gonna do oh homework oh man 
Yeah. What's that like, Jordan? Remember that? That was a long hey, time I ago. I don't have homework anymore. <laughs> Me your, either. That's your what I'm boy, saying. What's, uh... Your boy about three weeks away from being an official doctor in his field. So There you go. You could perform surgery on a marimba. And, on a marimba. Uh... Yeah. All musical surgery. <laughs> That's, what <I'm... laughs> That's what I'm qualified to do. Uh, doctor of music, if that means anything. Um, well, no, back to your story, though, is uh, I think when we were doing that, that's when I fell in love with Australian hops. Because mm-hmm. we had uh, Galactic uh, Hop Goblin was one of those first beers I was really hooked on. Yeah. And that <laughs> I remember it's that's good. there's a, I think there's a podcast titled uh, Jordan Calls Me Out. We were in your backyard. That's And why is that? Because <laughs> I remember. And Miles will back me. me up. Well, okay, and why else is that? Because you overhype regular Hazy Hop Goblin. It's really good. I know. You overhype really it, good. though. So is Bat Squatch. Um, it's also good. See, but they're very good beers. Hazy Hop Goblin to me was a B, B level beer, mm. and you're like, no, it's an A. It's an A. And the rest of the Growler gang agrees with me, it's a B. It's an A. That's fine, you can think that. I'm just telling you. <laughs> and so after a, a couple of overhypes, I was like, no, we're about to do impromptu pie. I'm going to drop this shit right now. I'm about to find out. Mm hmm. And you were right that time. This, unfortunately, it's the one time we were recording, but... Uh, if you're not going to miss, that's a good time to not miss. <laughs> yeah, good for, yeah, good for you. Yeah, good for you. But that, it, uh, based on the season that we're talking about, I can't help uh, but think that, like, you know, again, for our listeners, I am, I'm actually in a place where I can, I'm close to being able to start homebrewing. Mm-hmm. I'm laying the groundwork to actually start brewing now. I've purchased the equipment. Um, I bought a chest freezer. I'm going to start with kegging right away, mm-hmm. which is a fairly big deal. Most people start bottling, but I was able to kind of just jump into kegging. It just saves a ton of time, a ton of cleaning work. Like I just don't want to bottle and bottle condition. I just want to brew it, keg it, leave it, pour it. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm really passionate about beer, obviously, and... Uh, Having draft beer at home is just something I've been nerding out about for a long time. Um, but Schwarz beer is something I've been interested in because in November, December, when we're very much into like dark beer season, which we do get mm-hmm. like typically. Mm-hmm. And well, one, even right now, we just did the brown ale episode not too long ago on a summer day. Yeah. And it's, it's a little bit warm. It's like in the high 80s today. And this isn't a brown ale. It's a dark lager. I think this is still fitting for this time of year. It's October. Mm -hmm. It's still warm. I think this is, in a lot of ways, I think it's a little bit darker than a brown ale and a little bit more more bitter. Yeah. But the finish is is just as clean as a brown ale. I think Schwarz beer to brown ale, Mm -hmm. like, different families, but... You know, like brother yeah. from another mother, probably. Mm-hmm. Um, this time of year, it's, it's perfect. And even like in November and December, when it gets cold for our region, oh. I think, you know, being able to sit in the garage and kill four or five pints of this would be really awesome. With some leftover Thanksgiving food? Maybe. Yeah. I yeah, think just in general. Yeah. Uh, I think just being uh, able to just t- like. Put um, on your flannel, hang out with the garage sit, door closed because it's too cold. With the space chair. heater running. Yeah. You know, and just vibing and drinking mm-hmm. some beers and um, catching up with the dudes. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. That's kind of where the homebrew experience has kind of put me of like more of a communal. People are just coming over and we're just going to sit and hang out. And, um, you know, that's how you and I got into beer actually was we were both going through tough life chapters. Like we were, we drank beer and mm-hmm. we, we really thought we knew at the time, but we just, we liked good commercial beer. We didn't really know a ton about beer at the time. There's a difference. And then, yeah, 
we would just go grab a beer or get a mixed six pack and split it and or mixed four pack both i didn't misspeak we used to go get like a mixed six pack of commercial beer and then we started getting mixed four packs of craft beer and um and just sit and talk about life right Mm -hmm. and then this podcast was just you know people like you can't possibly spend two hours and talk about beer and your challenge was no we'll just put the recorder down (laughs) yeah sorry about the quality but that's where it's you know it was a bet so Uh, it's it's funny because some of those people were like god guys just drink your beers like no you challenged us there's no way we talk about beer but um, i think this kind of beer is a perfect example of Especially this to me is the beer that I would use if I was going to get someone in a dark beer. It was a Schwartz beer. Oh, yeah. Definitely. Um, I was going to say if you want to do a flight of dark beers, I would do this and then probably a Guinness and then like a good porter, like black beet porter and then like some sort of pastry stout. And then you they're sold. There's no way if you go through that flight and you like the first couple that you're not going to like the last couple and then you're hooked on dark beer. Like even you, if you don't like, even if by the end of it, the fir- the last two, let's say, are mm-hmm. a little bit too strong for you because your palate's not stretched, you, you've at least shocked the system enough to where the first you're like, no, those were good. I like yeah. those. Yeah. Um, okay, now, so let's go back to the conversation we're having about flights. Ah. And so in the context of this flight, the three beers we have, so I don't think we're, especially when we get to the last one, I don't think we're, we've drank them in the wrong order. Hmm. Does a Schwarz beer pose any issues when you contextualize it within the first two beers we drank? No. I don't think so. I think the bitterness is a nice transition. The Schwarz beer has a little more bitterness than I expected, and I think that's fine. I think it's fine. I don't think it's mm. great. Okay, I was going to make a really interesting statement. Okay, go ahead. I want you to go first. We're talking about these four cans, and I think at this point there would be a change that could be made to optimize this flight, and I would swap out one of the beers. I, let me see if I get, I would get rid of the double hazy and add like a Kolsch or a Blonde or something at the beginning. At the front? At the front. Okay. okay. And then have the hoppy beer. And then jump to the Schwarz beer. And I think it would be more ideal. Okay. I think going... the And so I think stylistically it's probably not an issue. But oh. this this particular double IPA is at 8.5%, which is more of a triple. That's, and yeah. it's a thick, hazy IPA. Especially, think about it and being fresh, too. From a, from a body perspective there is Mm -hmm. a huge step down to get to the schwarz beer so i think from uh, i do agree that there's a bitterness in the dark malt that kind of helps step from this ipa game to the schwarz beer Mm -hmm. but this feels like a warm-up beer Oh, the Schwarz beer does. Schwarz beer feels like a warm-up beer. Uh-huh. And we already kind of like geared up our palates for this big, heavy thing. And I am expecting then, either like an Imperial Red Ale at 7% or some sort of porter <laughs> or even a triple hazy. Or like, like yeah, you know, like uh, let's no, do no. one of those crazy hazies at 10.5% and yeah. then we'll do a stout. But it's because we oh. started at such a high base camp at the 7% beer. Oh, dude. I'm gonna tell you why I'm laughing. This is this is this is great. You're gonna love this. So you and I both want to kick out that double hazy. I would rather have that double hazy on its own. Agreed. A pint of it just to say you're hanging Agreed. out with some friends. You're chilling. Mm-hmm. 
Um, I, I could even I could do multiple pints. You know, yeah. like if we were chilling, like the Growler gang was chilling, and we had a keg yeah. of this on draft, and yeah. we're just, oh, we need another pint. I'm gonna get up and pour another pint, and we're just drinking and we're talking. Mm-hmm. Fine, but in this context, it's a little much. So boot it out. I would still start with the single IPA, and I would put an Irish Red as number two in between that and the Schwartz beer. <laughs> it's even more reinforced after trying the Schwartz beer, and I think you and I can agree on there. That might be a decent transition if you only had four beers in a flight and you wanted to keep most of this mm, flight. I also right? think you could get away with, instead of this double hazy, transitioning with a rye IPA. Yeah. Yeah, so that's a uh, rye malted, slightly hoppier red, a little bit, depending on how you make it. I guess depending on the malt. That's why I used to... Hot take, you could probably also get away with a Rausch beer. Start with the IPA and go Rausch beer, Schwarz beer, and then beer number four. I would do Schwarz than Rausch. Mm, I wouldn't. No? Because Rausch beer is so much lighter. But they're smokier. It's literally smoked malt. So it's a little bit more of that smoke bitterness. So I would warm up with the Schwartz beer, and then it would allow me to taste more of that smokiness in the Rausch beer. Maybe. That's what I'm saying. It, depend it would depend on how much smoked malt you use. But this is a really interesting conversation, right? This is, this is going back to my, my previous um, comment that Great Notion ticks a lot of boxes, but not all of them. And this is something that might make them, like, if, if they were to tick those these little boxes that we're talking about, they don't have a red ale. They don't have a Rausch beer. If they were to come out with one... Oh, they can't yeah. rule the world. You know what I mean? They would rule the they world can't. if they did That's that. That's what I'm saying. But like this, this flight would be extremely more interesting if we had a couple different options, right? Mm. But that's what I'm saying. This is why these guys are awesome, is we can make do with this flight. This is an amazing flight, and this would be hard to match at most breweries in Sacramento. But if we just go a little tiny little change and boop, stick this thing in there, it would be um, game-changing. So Schwarzbier is a style. Mm-hmm. What do you think? I like it. I like it. So, uh, the same. I actually well, think, you know, I could brew a five gallon batch of this and I could drink a pint of this every night mm-hmm. and feel good. But, like, like you and I are also both a fan of the American Black Lagers, like uh, Widowmaker. And there's a couple that we've tried that are just, they're not German style, like dark lagers. They're American, like black lagers. They're similar, not the same. They're similar. And I think this, yeah, I agree. This is the style that I really like. I like the German ingredients better, though. Well, for sure. That's, if you don't like German beer, you're, you know. What's wrong with you? Now, okay, here's an interesting idea. Hmm. If you made a German flight, okay, so mm-hmm. like a uh, German half, mm-hmm. um, uh, not in any particular order, like a German half, uh, a, a Oktoberfest, a Fest beer, and a Schwarz beer. To close out the flight. Hmm. What do you think? Close out this flight? Mm-hmm. No, no, no. Close out just <laughs> like as a flight unit of those four. So I mean, I meant Schwarz beer to close out that flight. So like a Hef, a Fest beer, a Oktoberfest, mm-hmm. and an Oktoberfest beer, and then a Schwarz beer to close out because it's the darkest. That's how I would do it. That order. Cool. I mean, there's other dark... Um, to represent fairly, there's other dark German mm-hmm. beers. Like, you could do, like, a Dunkelweizen. You could do... You know, like, well, there's... Well, the, the Vitas... Uh, Vitas? Or Vitas from mm-hmm. um, Wine Stuff on her? It was mm-hmm. pretty good. It was like a dark wheat beer. It's not dark. 
That was like an amber color. No, it, it's like normal half. It's just is like it, a, it's, really? it's a half. It's a like no, it's a seven percent half. It's like an imperial half. Am I confusing it with Salvador again? Maybe Salvador is a darker one. So more no, yeah, color. the Vetus is is light. Okay, well, Vetus would be like all right. equally problematic to how we started. Like if you were starting, <laughs> like you oh. would need to go to like a like a Bach double Bach. Mm. Ending, which I think if you were to do a full German flight, that's probably where you should end, anyways. But yeah, and this is why I was asking the question. I think Schwarz beer is problematic mm. in flights. Really? Potentially, I guess. Uh, potentially problematic in flights. If you went from this to like a polymer, oh, I, sorry, we gotta get used to these mics being on the table. <laughs> Yeah, uh, for our listeners, so. we each have our own mic on this episode, and we're trying out some new audio things. It's <laughs> still only recording one channel. <laughs> we're almost high tech. We're almost there. I just actually took a second on Amazon. That's what I was doing. I bought like some more equipment to modify this. It'll be here Monday. So, <laughs> unfortunately, you won't hear it until Next we do. episode. No, we have an episode tomorrow, uh, which is Sunday. And then after that, we'll get the new equipment. <laughs> we'll see. Tomorrow, tomorrow's episode is still up in the air, but yeah, uh, that's gonna be a big one. But anyway, so um, what was I saying? This one might be this this uh, Schwartz beer might be a nice way to start your palate off. I mm. would think rolling into the Pauliner Munich Lager, or. Uh, like even uh, the Weissefener, uh, Oktoberfest, mm. the the Marzen. Yeah. Your palate might be a little excited, and then you go into that that style of beer, you might be able to taste more out of it. There's still, I mean, the thing with the German the fest beers, the Oktoberfest beers, they still have a little bit of complexity to them. But you got to find it's it. It's true. You got to look for it. My point though is, with this Schwarz beer, we have. I'm not saying that it can't be used in flights. I'm saying mm. it's problematic in flights because the. The examples we are we are both proposing for how to use this in a flight mm-hmm. are very strategic. Whereas if yeah. it was just like, like okay, an imperial stout, you know exactly where to put that in the flight. There are very few instances where it's not at the very end. Mm-hmm. It's maybe second to last if there's two imperial stouts or if there's a barrel-aged stout. Uh, a Kolsch or a Pilsner is pretty much going to always be at the beginning. IPAs yeah. are typically always going to be second or third in a flight of four. Mm-hmm. Uh, red ale would be a great transition. Depend- so that's either at the very end, if nothing else is dark, or it's the pivot point. You know what I mean? Like There's very yeah. specific roles. Yeah. Schwarz beer is a little bit fuzzier on its role. It's more of a contextual, like, okay, what else do we have before I know what the hell to do with this? Mm-hmm. And with the other three we have, in this flight, it's problematic. Whereas <laughs> yes. a red ale instead of the Schwarz beer would not be problematic. A porter instead of the Schwarz beer, not problematic. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, that's kind of my point is, and it's not inherently problematic. That's a little bit of a, a charged language mm-hmm. just to kind of propel the conversation, but then to articulate my point that with a Schwarz beer, there's a little bit extra conversation as far as a flight, but it's a 5% beer, more or less. It's a light-bodied lager. This one is, oh, 5%. Um where this is more about like the function of this beer is really more designed to just be like a crushable dark darker beer and they've completely Mm -hmm. nailed the beer right like i'm not even criticizing great notion i'm just talking about the function of a schwarz beer holistically yeah Um, 
And they've completely nailed this beer. Um, they have. It's just this is a very interesting flight to have mm-hmm. it in. I think that's your point. <clears throat> Sorry, men- mesmerized by the can art. We didn't talk about the can art on oh, yeah. uh, Knox Illuminate, um, the Schwartz beer here. It's a. Uh, it's not a rattlesnake. Some sort of viper wrapped around a trident, and the snake eyes are glowing like headlights in the night. And it's also in a pine forest. As <laughs> most of these are. So, <laughs> you look at most of Great Notions can art. It's Do you think all, there's a forest in the background of the dogs playing poker? No, but that's very rare. I'm saying like most of the Great Notions. I was just asking because it's clearly some sort of horizon, like mountains or trees or something. There's something. There's like trees in a painting by there. But I mean, if you look at most of the Great Notion can art, most of the can art is taking place in the pine forest on most of their bears. And so now you've come across a snake wrapped around a trident where the snake's eyes are glowing like headlights on the car. And um, I don't know what that has to do with the Schwartz beer, but that's a really cool picture. <laughs> it's like if someone had a tattoo of that in a bar, you, I wouldn't want to fight him. You know what I mean? That's true. <laughs> as far as the Schwartz beer goes, it's, it's kind of funny to have that, that cool can art for a beer style. I think Schwartz beer is like mostly... Uh, more reserved. It's like a little bit more complex, dark lager is what it is. Yeah. But it's still pretty light. So to kind of illuminate my point, right, we started Mm -hmm. at 7%, we went to 8.5%, and then Mm -hmm. we dropped to 5%. So from a flavor profile, you found a way from the bitterness of the malt to kind of transition yourself, Uh which is kind of a way of shifting your palate. But for the average beer drinker or the layman beer drinker, that's a very specific way to do it. Of like, okay, I'm gonna yeah. take I'm gonna take the bitterness from the hops and then feel the bitterness of the chocolate malt, which is two different types yeah. of bitterness. And most people probably wouldn't even pick up on that, right? But it's oh, it's a good flight. Um, you know, like they would they would notice it's a nice transition, but they wouldn't un- really understand why. Maybe I think potentially you might also think like oh. I don't know. This is a great flight. And kind mm. of my point was I kind of wonder if, like, the Schwarz beer should be at the beginning of the flight. Ah. Mm. Based on body and ABV considerations. And typically you drink it light to dark. And so I understand that I'm not saying you should drink the Schwarz beers first. I'm just saying it checks Yeah. Checks a lot of the boxes of, like, we yeah. keep talking about how we'd probably put a lager at the beginning of this flight, especially if we mm. had a flight of six. And this is a lager, but, but not this lager. To quote, to quote, um, oh, was it episode one or episode, it was episode two of Star Wars? There's a difference between knowledge and wisdom. You know that a lager might have to be first as a light body beer, but wisdom would show you that this beer would not go well preceding these two IPAs and then finishing with this fourth beer. That would be a very drastic transition. It might prime you okay for the first couple of IPAs we just had, but the fourth beer... I know, but hit a flight of five or six, uh, you could probably construct a way to get there. You could, but with this flight, I would keep the Schwarz beer. I agree. With this flight, I would keep it there. Right? I That's, think it really just shows the, uh, the trickiness of picking very severe IPAs transitioning to dark if mm-hmm. your transition is a Schwarz beer. Mm-hmm. Just because of how light-bodied they are. Yes. In any case, we got one more. I mean, we'll just chalk that conversation up to our rank the cans because I think we're probably going to land at. Yeah. We rank them appropriately. Oh. 
Oh, it's a little active. It's a little active. Or maybe they just fill it a little extra. Nice pour, nice execution. Oh, thank you, sir. Years of practice. Also, each pour is a little bit different. Mm. So you know it's going to be a fun beer when the foam is very dark colored. Mmm. <laughs> and this smell really good. So what do we got? We have, uh, it's called Frosty Imperial Stout with Vanilla. Caption reads, stay frosty. Artwork is a polar bear digging into a chocolate cupcake with white icing. Are there any pine trees? No, there aren't. It's <laughs> a iceberg. It's a bunch of icebergs in the with ocean. Water okay. surrounding them. Okay, that's a first. Arctic okay. Ocean kind of landscape. Oh, this does smell good. It smells very vanilla. What do you think the ABV is on this? Oh, hold on. I'm gonna say eight percent. Smells kind of boozy. Okay, let's taste, taste it. Vanilla always. So, taste it. Yeah. Oh, I'm gonna say like more than like nine percent. Because vanilla always makes things seem maybe a little bit more boozy than they are, or maybe it brings that out. 11.75. Holy smokes. So, this beer tastes more like a pastry stout to me. It does, but it's kind of bitter for a pastry stout. Was it because okay. it was sitting around a bit, maybe? It lost a little bit of the sweetness? It's hard to tell. Right? I, I don't think so, but maybe. But it just tastes like there's an increased body coming from something. So the overlap, I think, is what's called maltodextrin, mm. which is an additive used to create that extra creamy mouthfeel in those pastry stouts. This tastes like it has that. So it has the body of a pastry stout. But you're right, mm -hmm. a bitterness of an imperial stout. But I think the brewer's intent was a large ABV beer that was very smooth and easy to drink. And so... Mm-hmm. The vanilla, I think, kind of faded out. I, I would like to try this beer brand new because I think the vanilla would have been a little bit stronger. Mm. And I, I like... And they definitely used oats in this, too. Yeah. That's where an, an addition of the, the creamy mouthfeel is coming from, too. It's either or. It's either oat, um, either or slash and. It's it's either oats, or maltodextrin, or mm. some combination of both. I was gonna say, I think it was the double hazy. I tasted an oat additive for mm. that haziness. I was gonna say refer to um, hazy little thing from Sierra Nevada. They use oats. Oh, to, to cloud. Interesting. Breath. Good pull. I don't disagree. This one, I don't know if um, it's hard to tell. I don't know if I've ever really... I mean, we've had oatmeal stouts, right? And this does kind of have a similar... Mm -hmm. To break it out, it's kind of an oatmeal stouty, bitter, some vanilla. I agree. Yeah. So... Interesting. Here's another interesting point. It all mm. kind of... Uh, so two of these beers are collaboration beers. And two of them are Great Notion beers, mm. specifically. Yeah. So the first and third were collaborations, and the second and fourth are purely Great Notion. Do you taste any differences that would lead you to believe that um, 
the other breweries had a hand in those being good outside of what Great Notion does or has Great Notion style rang true throughout all four of these beers that is tough to answer because I think all four of these would be a pretty good representation of what I've tried before from Great Notion of their own Mm mm-hmm So what makes it tough to answer? Because at this point, all you've done is kind of confirm my suspicion that Great Notion is a good brewery, whether they're collabing or not. So Because we've had collabs from breweries before where they've collabed been like, hmm, this doesn't taste like this brewery. I feel like the other brewery really drove the bus on this. I would say for these, I'd bet a lot of money that Great Notion brewed all four of these themselves, where the recipe might have been the collaboration. And maybe some of the beers that we've tried in the past where we've not really been sure from other breweries, maybe they had um, partial brew or brewed in another location and shared the recipe. So here's, here's so. another thing that I, and I don't know how this works, but at one point, uh, Thin Line did uh, a collaboration with another uh, law enforcement related brewery called Blue Blood in okay. Oklahoma. And all, my understanding, I don't want to misrepresent, but my understanding of the situation, having listened to the the owners talk about it, was that the collaboration really was the head brewer from Blue Blood Brewing sent them his recipe, and the Thin Line owner said, hey, let's just change one of the hops. Mm. And so feel like changing one of the hops. And so it's a collaboration, right? Like, here's one of my recipes. Mm-hmm. And they said, okay, well, let's change this. Probably added Columbus. Um, probably. <laughs> he does love Columbus hops. Um, yeah. And, like, that counts as a collaboration mm-hmm. of, like, hey, here's one of my beers. And the guy says, well, if we do this. And they go, okay. They both say, okay, great. Yeah. And then they brew it. And they sell it. But... I imagine if you were a huge fan of Blue Blood, you tasted that collaboration and really tasted Blue Blood's style ringing true because they only changed one ingredient. And And Blue Blood brewed it, and you tried it where Blue Blood brewed it at their brewery. No, Thin Line also brewed it. But Thin Line, yeah, brewed it at their facility. Thin Line brewed... The edit, and that's the thing. So it's, mm-hmm. it was Blue Blood's recipe. Mm-hmm. Thin Line made an adjustment, mm-hmm. and then Thin Line brewed it, and I went and tried it, and it was a good beer. So I don't know if if Blue, so Blue, it was also for a fundraiser. So I don't know if Blue Blood brewed it, and it was also sold in Oklahoma, or it's somewhere in the Midwest. I'm pretty sure it's Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. So. In any case, the point I'm trying to make is I don't know, like, if you were a Blue Blood fan, if you would have tasted that beer, brewed at Thin Line, and been like, oh, this feels like... Because, mm-hmm. like, malt distributors and all those other things are different. That's my point. Um, I, I think Great Notion was the, the manufacturer of all four of these, whether or not they collaborated on the recipe with someone else. That mm. tastes like Great Notion made all four of these beers. And uh, to, to further that point... We just talked about at the beginning of the podcast where Great Notion does a lot of variations. They use a lot of different ingredients, a lot of different hops, a lot of different fruits. Um, so I'm not thrown off by any of these beers. I'm yeah, not it's surprised. True. They have both Pilsner and Ale Malt in their warehouse. Mm-hmm. Um, they have all kinds of hops. Pilsner and Two Row, rather, I guess. Um, 
They have all kinds of hops. Mm-hmm. It's a pretty big facility. Yeah, and they regularly use a lot of those ingredients interchangeably on their own. You know. All right, so I'm just I'm just saying I'm I wouldn't be surprised if these weren't collaborations. Agreed. That's, that's what I'm I, saying. No, I agree. I agree. That was kind of my point. Is yeah. Um, uh, so let's rank the cans. Let's mm. grade the brewery. This is tough. This is a tough ranking. I want to say, and this is usually where Jordan gasps a little bit. I want to say the Schwartz beer was my favorite. Okay, so that's one. Number one. Um, but why? I just because if hold on, here's the thing though. If we did this podcast six months from now, we would have a different ranking. Because the ranking is also determined by kind of where our palate's at. Yeah. And so there's pros and cons. Yeah. Right. If I caught you in the middle of the summer, you'd have a different ranking for this because of where your palate is. And that's just like a, a consideration mm. I've been thinking about. So I'm only asking why because I think you might have an interesting point based on where you are today. Why this is number one. Oh, they just got back from the Midwest ranking loggers for two weeks. Okay. <laughs> Maybe that's just where I'm at. Okay. And what, <laughs> what else? I would put the single IPA collaboration as number two. Okay. And then the vanilla stout is number three. And then the double IPA is number four. Mm. And it's just because, it's just like, I don't know. I think we drank them in the right order. But I think that this order going Schwartz beer, single IPA, uh, vanilla stout, and then double IPA, that, that's the order of which I enjoyed them. I think the Schwartz beer was my favorite. You and I agreed on that. Uh, the single IPA was good, maybe just a different time of year, you know? Mm-hmm. Maybe it's a little bit too warm. Maybe I just burn out on IPAs right now. I don't know. I just came back from the Midwest where it's all, like, I just made that um, uh, bourbon apple cider, and I had a bunch of lagers. That's kind of where things were at back there. So, I don't Sure. Know. And then you know. in that case, for our listeners, like, that's more about the sweetness and... Mm-hmm. And the easygoing. And the easygoing Lower complexity. Uh-huh. So, I agree. The Schwarz beer is my favorite. Mm-hmm. Um, I enjoyed the single IPA second and then I am putting so I agree with your rankings I'm only adjusting the fact that this Imperial Stout and the Double Hazy are second just because I think it depends on which day I think between these two it would depend on the day like if we felt like a hazy uh, you know what I mean Yeah. but I feel like they're the same type of beer but on any given day, if you gave me the choice between the hazy and the single IPA, I'm probably taking the hazy, or the single IPA rather. Mm-hmm. And the Schwarz beer is a daily drinker. And yeah. where I will kind of reveal my bias is for home brewers, the standard. And as I'm getting into home brewing, you know, I'm thinking of like, what can I brew that I'll actually drink five gallons of, which yeah. is forty pints. Mm. So if you think about. Um, Buying a four pack, that's four pints. Mm-hmm. Um, or buying a six pack is 4.75 pints. So to have 40 pints, is there a beer that you could buy nine six packs of mm-hmm. in a row and never get sick of? And that's just the beer you drink. Mm-hmm. 40 pints over. Um, that's, mm. you know what I mean? And a Schwarz beer is a beer to me that I could drink that much of. You yeah. Know, have one a yeah. day and be good. 
Um, yeah. And you'll have, you know, fill up a glass and drink it or have a half pour or something and just drink it and just enjoy a little bit. That's a beer I can enjoy every day. Mm-hmm. And we'll look forward to just having a little bit of beer every day. Yeah. Um, and so that's just kind of where my mind's at as I'm kind of transitioning. Um, we At some point, it, we're kicking around a sour podcast because Chris and I are souring a little bit on the craft beer scene. Mm-hmm. A little bit. Not entirely, a little bit. There's I've a, got some beef. Uh, some beef. And... Uh, as I'm transitioning to the homebrew game, there's a variety of factors. Um, but the Schwartz beer is a style I've been... Like, any of these beers, I would be interested to brew my own version of. Like, I don't want to misrepresent things. But a Schwartz yeah. beer is something I could brew a five-gallon batch, whereas this Imperial Stout, I'd probably brew more of a two-and-a-half-gallon batch, which is... Probably more like Christmas time. Right, which is yeah. 20 beers, or 20 pints, mm-hmm. which is, you know... You know, I could I could do a half pour every now and again. I could do three well, or four ounces. That's what I'm saying. I could probably have two pints of this on like Christmas night after dinner. We're hanging out or something. You know, like something like that. We're mm-hmm. just chilling with the but family. But probably just two pints of this. That's you know, what I'm like, saying. Like, like any other night, that would be one pint would be a lot. You know, <clears throat> and a half pint like we just did, or maybe even like a three or four ounce little taster. So I get a sniffer glass out, just pour a little mm-hmm. bit and just drink. It'd have to be cold because today it's like in the eighties, and this is a heavy beer for a, a warm day. And a little bit. That's the cool thing about having a keg, right? Is you can just pour three or four ounces. You know, when people bottle whatever bottle you put it in, that's the bottle you're kind of stuck with. So if you're doing 22-ounce mm-hmm. bombers, like if you open a beer, you're stuck with 22 ounces of that beer. So yeah. it probably limits what you're willing to drink because you're stuck with 22 ounces of beer the second you crack that bottle. Yep. Versus on a keg, I can just pour... If I just want to start with three ounces and then go back for three or four more ounces, I can do that. Yeah. Um, oh, um, trick question. Uh, this vanilla stout on nitro. I actually think it might be better. Yeah, me too. Nitro. Maybe a little bit more drinkable too. It's true. It is true. Uh, okay, so grade the brewery. Oh. I'm I'm gonna give them like a 92, 93. They're still like a you know one of the better ones for me. I don't think I have a brewery that's 100. percent I think even kilowatts like a 98 for me. A kilowatt and track seven and uh, I have a handful of breweries that are 98. And that's what actually what I'm going to give Great Notion is a 98. Okay. To, to, and here's why. Not because I think they're necessarily that high, but because I don't want to let my personal bias, mm-hmm. like, decide. And so, like, for me, someone who's, like, grown up in Portland might love Great Notion the way we love Track 7. Yeah. And if we were taking them to Track 7, they'd be like, okay, cool. I don't know that I love this as much as Great Notion. But Great Notion yeah. makes just as good a beer as Track 7. I, I think you're right. I'm not disagreeing. I think Track 7 has a little... Well, maybe about the same amount of variation in style. Um, I would just give these guys a little bit higher ranking if they had slightly more variation in styles. Mm. I think I, Track 7, if you compare these guys to Track 7 style for style, Track 7 is just a little bit of an edge. I agree. So, But I don't want to let... I agree. And if, if that's contributed to your grade, I think mm-hmm. that's fair. Yeah. Um, but for me, I give Kilowatt, Track 7, and now Great Notion the same grade, hmm. which is 98. All right. 
And that's kind of where I'm just sitting because I think pound for pound they all make the same quality of beer. Uh-huh. Um, we've seen the Track 7, or not Track 7, we've seen the Sacramento brewery scene enough uh, for long enough to see Track 7 go through portions of like, it might have been an episode where, you know, I'm legit like kind of annoyed with Track 7 at different points of our podcast journey. Yeah. Where like, no, like you guys are fucking up right now. Like it's like having like a child that you're disappointed in where it's like, no, you guys are my favorite brewery, but I'm mad at you. Like that time where, because Track 7 is kind of a hot topic because at one point, I don't know if this is the case, but their owner was sexually harassing people. Yeah. And... Uh, or at least that was the rumor going around. I wasn't there to witness any sort of harassment. I want to properly represent our perception. But we mm-hmm. heard from multiple people that one of the owners was sexually harassing people, and that was an issue. But then we also saw a lot of the staff branch out to different places. And, yeah, right around that time, know. we saw staff branch out to different places. We've heard people have left. We can't mm-hmm. confirm any of this. We don't know names. But that's like when I've mm-hmm. had my fingers in my, you know, like fingers kind of in the in the pot kind of like working through like what the actual narrative is mm-hmm. we also noticed while they were under fire for that they started releasing a lot less beer because they were worried people weren't going to or the perception was people weren't going to buy it so that's a perception based take and do what you will with it maybe it's mm-hmm. 100% incorrect I'm not accusing anybody or claiming anything but that was the perception and if you know every i doubt there's that kind of perception if there's not something wrong that's kind of my opinion mm-hmm. um but there's been po- portions of my as much as track seven's been my favorite since the first time we went there's been portions of time where i've been like no new glory i think is the best brewery in sacramento i think track seven is my favorite brewery and right now if you had to name the best brewery in Sacramento, I'd probably give it to like Burning Barrel, um, mm. because they're producing the most beer at the uh, an equally higher highest level. Yeah. Um, and they're overpriced. And I'm just I'm still just really sad with new glory i know i know it sucks really sad we're we're, we're approaching this from a pragmatic standpoint of you know new glory Uh, for you when i had to take it on the take it on the chin and feel like okay track seven's not the best brewery in sacramento it's new glory and then it's gone now it's like it's it's good for them for expanding the way they did and uh you know probably the owner made a lot of money i i haven't heard or seen anything but all of the indicators are there for a transition of ownership. Mm-hmm. And there was something lost when that happened. Agreed. If that's what happened. Agreed. So. Uh, there's definitely been a shift. Whether it was an ownership and or we're going to more of a national level distribution, uh, the quality of beer is not what it used to be. The quality of beer, the can art, the diversification on the board. Well, so the can art is just... different. The diversification I, on the board yeah. is different. But the biggest thing to me is we had the same beer once the label changed, and it's not brewed the same. It's very clear it's not brewed the same. But in any case, that at least gives you an idea of 
I want to factor for all those variables of I think pound for pound great notion is the same tier of same tier of brewery. Yes. And yes, they the, are. the grade that I'm giving is a very fixed number in this moment. And I don't think 98 is necessarily representative of this flight's or you know like a variety of things but i do think experience the combined experience we've been there i think great notion if they were in sacramento i think in certain chapters they would be the best the best brewery in sacramento i think you know and uh, well so we're getting to this really interesting um environment now where post covid there's a lot of distribution so, like, we just mentioned at the beginning of the podcast that Great Notion has a distribution center in Sacramento mm-hmm. for California region. So, we always talk about the experience of going to the brewery. What if the experience of going to a tap room or going to a can uh, distribution place like um, Smart Mart where you can buy single cans or Rockland uh, Bottle Shop. What if that's going to be its own experience moving forward? Well, like, Great Notion is one of the dominant uh, breweries in that experience, whether or not you can actually go to the brewery. Because they're in Portland, right? Mm. So that's something we might have to consider for a future episode, is the the mixed flight can uh, Easter egg experience, or if you want to go to the brewery, like, what's the brewery experience? Because you and I all have always said going to the brewery is the best time, right? If you want to know someone... And having mm. a good beer, going to the brewery is the best place to do it. I won't, and I won't speak to that yet because I think it might come up in another episode, which is really interesting to think about, right? I agree with you, and so I think we should talk about that on our sour episode, souring on oh. the craft beer scene. We're gonna be grumpy on that one. Um, oh man. Yeah, but in any case, I'm aware that based on this flight, my 98 is relatively a little bit high, mm-hmm. but. It is appropriate based on where I really perceive these breweries based on the experiences we've had. So yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like we've been I there. I don't hate your 92, 93. I do think it's yeah. a little bit low based on our entire experience. Based yeah. on this four pack, I think that's an appropriate grade. I think no, I'm, I'm saying like in general, we've been there. We've experienced a lot of these beers. I've tried a lot of their stuff, uh, just in cans I found around town. Um, I think what's so really holding them back. You've is given that field work a higher grade than 92, 93. Yeah. So you think Fieldwork's a better brewery than Great Notion? Mm-hmm. But Fieldwork isn't in your top five. No. But Great Notion was. Yes. We're not talking about... So that's... Fieldwork makes slightly better quality beer, but they are, again, like 75% IPAs. Hmm. Okay, so where this brewery gets the edge, Great Notion, they they have they better diversify fr- a little bit. Okay, but they're not as diverse as Track Seven. I'd like to see them make an Amber. I'd like to see them make a Blood Orange IPA. I'd like to see them make an Irish Red. I'd like to see them make a Lager. Maybe they do that at Great Notion, but we've been there and I didn't see that in the menu last time. But again, we weren't looking for that. We we're looking for sours. Sure. So I like to give them a second chance. Uh, but then again, this is the experience that we have is is what we just talked about the can distro experience versus going to the brewery experience. Mm, that's fair, right? And so I think that ninety three is fair when I give track seven like a ninety five, ninety six, um, because track seven does make a lot of the same types of beers, just mm. slightly better, slightly better, very close on some cases, but also a little bit more diversification. Yeah. So like for this flight. I would have added like an Irish red in here, and that would have been like an amazing flight. Oh, sure. Right? These, these four cans, in the essence of a flight, mm-hmm. if we were to go pick four Great Notion cans out of Smart Mart or Rockland Bottle Shop, we wouldn't have yeah. picked these four cans. But but, but but thank you, Nancy. We appreciate that. It was a Agreed. very, very great flight. Uh, these are 
four great beers. Oh, Each of these yeah, cans really was good. wonderful. Um, we're just looking for ways to kind of, you know, when we do all these brewery spotlights, we're just looking for ways to kind of parse mm-hmm. the information. Uh, I, I think your palate and my palate were, were adjusted enough to be able to taste through these in this flight, in this order. Uh, for a lot of people, it would have been a little bit more difficult. And they would have enjoyed it as much, but I think you and I like this type of excitement. This was like a roller coaster of a flight a little bit. It's true. It's true. But also had some really interesting points to kind of think about. Yeah. Um, Coming up, we have a very expansive lager episode. So we had, well, just me. It was my my light discussion on lagers. We decided to have a heavy discussion on lagers. And with Jordan. Heavy discussion on lagers. And mystery guest potentially from Growler Gang. We'll see. It's true. Because we need some help. And then we also, it's true. (laughs) Well, we could use help. Oh, man, uh, we would get through it without one. help, but we could we could use some help. Bigger than the Brownell episode, which is a massive episode. Yeah. Uh, we also probably have a sour episode coming out. That one's mm-hmm. a little tentative, but uh, and then we also have an Oktoberfest episode, which I have the beer saved in my fridge for that. I forgot about that. We've got like seven pints in my fridge for that. For Oktoberfest? Yeah. Oh dang. Yeah. It's also a big episode. That's three and um, a half. Pints. That's for Oktoberfest beers, though. Like fest beer style, that's it's doable. I'm Great. not worried. Well, we have lots of content planned for you guys. I uh, hope you had a good time listening about the options of Great Notion. Uh, I would encourage you to check out Smart Mart or Rock and Bottle Shop or really probably even some local grocery stores have some Great Notion on draft. Mm-hmm. They're very, very common in the Sacramento area right now. They're in a lot of ways an honorary California brewery. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah. Do you have any closing thoughts? Um, similar to what you just said, if you see it on the shelf and you want to try something new and you're into the craft stuff, every time you see Great Notion, grab it. doesn't matter the style. Pay attention to what it is. Uh, read the can. See if it's a tart ale, uh, stout, you know, IPA, pale ale, whatever. I think I've seen a Pilsner from them before. They make some really, really good tart ales. Um, similar to the Betty Cobbler style um, pastry sours that we've had. Uh, I'm just saying, like, if you see a Great Notion beer on the shelf and you want to try something new, grab that. Every time, it's going to be a great time. Agreed. They don't miss. I would agree. I've never had a bad Great Notion beer. But, uh, yeah, in any case, uh, you'll be hearing from us soon. And uh, cheers. Yeah, cheers, guys.